I've got it. I've got it. Yes! No! Damn it! So close! Hey James, there's a spot open for laser tag. Do you want to go play that again? Nah, I'm good. I'm playing this. Besides, aren't you banned for life since you stole their printer? Oh, that's why they all look so angry at me. Right. What are you playing? Well, it's like Tetris, but the pieces move sideways instead of down. I've been here for the last 20 minutes and I keep getting so close to winning the top prize. See, look at that. Last level and I can't quite get it. I will though. Oh man, you are really close. I think you've been playing this longer than 20 minutes though. We got here at 11 a.m. Um, what time is it now? 11.30. Well, that's not too bad. PM. Oh. Well, look, give me three more goes, and I'm telling you, we are going home with that top prize. It could change our life, Walt. We could be millionaires, reclining on a beach resort in Bali, being fanned by framed copies of Tropical Island. Tomorrow. I am so close. Man, I don't know if it's because your eyes are kind of unfocused, or you look like you're sweating monster energy drink, but I kind of believe you. What's the first prize? An iPod Touch. Oh. Cool. Don't, don't you have an iPhone? It's about the glory, Walt! To be honest, after playing like those like arcade games quite a lot at Fortress in Melbourne, oh yeah, I have sweated Monster Energy drink at those <laughs> things before, and the top prize is literally just like a drinks token for the I bar. <laughs> it's amazing how invested you can get. Uh, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's a GCP by the GCC and. POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. Now, I remind you guys at the start of every single episode, if you want to support the incredible content that Walt and I are creating, then there is no better way to do so than at our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash getcommandedpodcast and you can receive a ton of benefits, mm -hmm. one of which is actually recommending uh, an episode to the Space Commanders. That's mm. at our very top tier if you want to be a Space Commander yourself. But even at the lower levels, there's amazing shout outs in the episodes, yep. there's chances to to, like have us look over your decks mm -hmm. um, you can play with us on spell table there's a bunch of really cool ways to get involved with the podcast mm. but we have actually received an email from the space commanders just recently and they want more questions from you guys yeah so they've actually asked us for i'm assuming a future command mm. in the next couple of episodes they want to survey you guys and get us to answer your questions. So yeah. it'll be like a Q&A episode coming up. Yeah, so if you have any burning questions, anything you've wanted to know about me and James, whether it's be magic related or not magic related, you know, anything about us in general, um, I'm sure the Space Commanders would be happy to to send us those questions and we'll answer them for you. So uh, shoot them through. I guess probably the best ways would be either to email us or uh, in the Discord server or just anywhere really that we, that we link at the end of the episode or in the show notes. So Twitter, wherever you feel, yep. um, shoot us a question and, and we'll happily answer it. Yeah, we don't control our social medias. It's always the space commanders behind the scenes. So we occasionally sneak on and log in, but yep. they'll be collating all the data and they'll ask us the questions. They will. They'll, they'll be filtering <laughs> through. Um, but we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from those space commanders. It's time to get commanded. Commander players are drawn to cards with powerful effects, but often those effects are not actually needed. Some decks would be better served by removing win more cards. Win more cards. Win this is more. something we haven't really tackled yet in any capacity. No, not that I can think of. I guess, like, it's a term that we hear come up a lot in other formats, but yes. not a lot in Commander. Mm. I think that, like, for new listeners, hearing win more is probably a little bit misleading mm. uh, because win 
is a good thing yes. and more it, more of a good thing has to be a good thing right, right. so like <laughs> windmore is actually considered a little bit of a negative term when we refer yeah. to like particular cards saying oh that's just a windmore card mm. it's kind of demeaning to a card i guess it's like you're, <laughs> you're just a windmore card oh I'm, some people will get very defensive like it's almost the ultimate insult you can throw at a card like someone's like oh that isn't that card kind of windmore and you kind of go no it's amazing it's really so, good i've won so many games <laughs> with this card yeah, yeah i bet you have <laughs> you were already winning yeah. so yeah this is basically the 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 origins of the, the, the term Winmore are in those 1v1 competitive formats like Standard, like Modern, that mm. kind of thing. Um, I don't know exactly when this card, this term started getting thrown around, but it's definitely an old one. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, we, on, on episodes like this, we've usually had like a cool little history segment of explaining yeah. where the phrase or the little like colloquialism come from. But we don't know this one. No. So if anyone does know where Winmore comes yeah. from... Let us know. I'd, I'd be interested to know if it's a magic original term or if maybe it's from other sports as well. Or maybe, maybe people are kind of like, you know, in baseball or something. We're like, There's oh, like a certain strategy. that's a win more strategy. Yeah. Like you're already winning. Anyway, yeah, I, I guess we should outline what it means when it comes to just magic in general. And then we can go into commander a bit later. Yep. So um, when I when I did a little bit of research, I, I read the command a little bit. I did see that the email said already opened. And yes. I was like, who opened this email? Yep. Right. No, yeah, okay. well, well open that one up in advance. So he's ready for this topic um so the card that came up most often when i was sort of trawling the interwebs for some examples of mm -hmm. win more cards is not a card that i've ever seen in commander to be honest it's curse of stalked prey um i have a copy of this from memory but i can't remember quite what it does yeah so it's a it's a curse for one and a red um so enchants a player and remember curses are ones you normally put on your opponents so it won't normally enchant yep. you um enchant player Whenever a creature deals combat damage to enchanted player, put a plus one counter on that creature. So, right. basically, the reason this is considered a win more card... Again, this is in the context of 60 card 1v1 formats. So, yeah. At the time that you are... At the time in the game when you are dealing combat damage to a player, because that's what it requires, right? You, you've got the yeah. curse. I'm playing, say, a red aggro deck. Yep. I'm trying to deal combat damage to you to get plus one counts on my creature. The argument basically goes, at the point in the game where I am dealing combat damage to you with my creatures... Which means I can't block it. Yes, for whatever reason, you're not yeah. blocking. Maybe my creatures are too big, or maybe you don't have any creatures. Sure. At the point in the game when I'm starting to put plus one counters on my creatures, I'm already winning. And this is where win more comes into play, is yeah. what you're saying. It's like, if you're already hitting face and dealing damage, putting plus one counters on your creatures as a reward for that is just making you win more. Yeah. It's like, that's slightly, probably faster, I guess. Faster, yeah. But like, in this situation, the, the the scenario that you're proposing with Curse of the Stalk Prey is, if you're already doing damage to the, your opponent, you don't need to get those creatures any bigger, you just need to keep doing the same thing and you'll be winning. Yeah, exactly right. That makes a lot of sense. So basically, like, this is the, the general standard of win more cards, is like, at the time in the game when they start to be really effective, you're already winning. Yeah, I think this is similar to a card that we, or a, a phrase that we use in our deck building like template mm -hmm. we call um cards that kind of accelerate us to winning positions we've referred to them as enhancers before yeah and we've spoken before about how you shouldn't play too many of them for honestly a similar reason to the yeah. win more thing right like they don't do very much on their own so only play a few of them but i guess the difference for me when it comes to enhancers and i'm interested to hear if you agree with this is mm. that an enhancer for me is a card that gets you from like an okay position to a winning position because it accelerates you ahead. Yeah. Whereas a win more card gets you from winning to winning more, right? Yes, I would to totally agree. I think in the deck building template, I referred to an enhancer as putting nitrous oxide in the fuel of your deck. And yeah. it like takes the engine and just blasts it forward. Like, I think that we'll go through maybe a couple of examples of like enhancers in our own decks later on. Mm. But I think that an enhancer is yeah something that takes you from like nearly there to getting over the line it's mm. like that little bit little bump to get you over the fence whereas a win more card is you're already over the other line at this point you're just rubbing it in your opponent's face <laughs> <laughs> like well that's I, I think we should discuss that a bit later because i do think win more cards can prolong games that are already over effectively oh, okay interesting I, we should talk about that sure. a bit later for sure but but do you want to talk about like a, for like a couple of examples of enhancers to sure. like show the difference differentiate yeah, yeah. definitely 
definitely. So in my um, Marin of Clan Neltoth deck, um, if you're not familiar with this deck, I just talked about all of my decks about three episodes ago, mm. so you can go back and check that one out. It's a good one, and I talk about them as well and say, A, how you can beat them, and B, why Walt is terrible at building decks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very fun episode. It was a fun episode, <laughs> believe it or not, even for me, um, who was being bullied the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so, one of the cards in my Merin of Clan Eltoth deck is Winding Constrictor. So my this is a counters synergy, yeah? Yeah, so yep. so my Merin deck is a, is a deck that tries to make things really, really large and then sacrifice them to Gerard Golgari Lichlord to drain all my opponents equal to the power. So, basically, Winding Constrictor does two things in my deck really well, but it enhances both of them. Either when I put plus one counters on stuff, it's going to put an extra counter on them. Mm-hmm. Winding Constrictor basically says, if you put a counter on you... Or a permanent you control, put twice that many instead. Oh, but it also says if you would have put one on yeah, you. Yeah, so importantly, yeah. Marin, when you when creatures you control die, you get an experience counter. And I've looked this up before, Winding Constrictor will give you an extra experience counter when things die. So, That's sweet. It's like, it, it is the fuel to get you to a winning position quicker. Because yeah. with your experience counters with Marin, you can reanimate something at the end step if you have enough experience counters. Yeah. So in the early game, Winding Constrictor helps you get those experience counters and get creatures out of your graveyard and onto the battlefield. Yeah. But late game, it's really good because it accelerates the plus one counters synergy. Yeah, exactly. It's so a really cool card. It does lots in the deck, for sure, but it is an enhancer, right? Yep. I, if I'm not sacrificing things to get experience counters or I'm not putting plus one counters on my creatures, it doesn't do anything at all. Mm. So it, it's definitely an example of what we would call an enhancer because it doesn't do anything on its own it requires yeah. other things to work but it on makes its, those other things way better on right? its own it's just like a one it's two just like snake a two or three or something yeah. snake yeah, yeah for two mana what a so cool card. it's a, it's <laughs> great in that deck if i have other things to do and this yeah. is why we say only play a few enhancers but yeah it's not quite a win more card because i'm not already winning at the time when i'm starting to do those things yeah right? i guess thinking about my own decks i guess i'm um, unwinding clock in my tornos list would be a good example yeah. of this this basically allows me to untap all my artifact it's basically seedborn muse but for artifacts only so yeah. you untap all your artifacts in everyone's untap step so mm. my tornos deck is kind of power balanced because it uses a really weird sub theme of charge counters yeah um these are it's a strategy or a mechanic that wizards created to like say you have to charge charge up this um, artifact to get Mm. a really good activated ability. And usually you have to maybe like, for example, Lux Cannon, you tap Lux Cannon to put a charge counter on it. And then it has another activated ability where you say tap, remove three charge counters and you can destroy target permanent. Yeah. Takes a really long time to charge Lux Cannon up. Mm -hmm. However, if you have Unwinding Clock, you're untapping that Lux Cannon on everyone's turn Mm. and you can basically activate the destroy target permanent thing once every round, once every turn cycle. Or slightly more than that even. Right? If you have Tornos, you can double it as oh, well. Oh yeah, so totally. It's it's really, really, really strong. But think about Unwinding Clock on a board state with nothing on it. Mm. It does literally nothing. Yeah. But on a board state where I have maybe one or two artifacts that are like, okay, mm. if I can activate them multiple times in a turn cycle, they become really, really good and yeah. help me get to that winning position a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's it's a card, yeah, that that once you have the board state for it, it accelerates you. Like you're saying, the nitrous yeah. oxide in your deck, it's shooting you ahead into the lead, but doesn't do anything on its own. But again, it's not an example of a win more card. It's definitely an enhancer. Yeah. It's not a win more card because you're not already winning at the time that you're doing that, right? Like, it's not like you have like 20 charge counters on something and then you're killing something with it. It's like, no, no, this is the card that's going to get me those 20 charge counters. Yeah, 100%. I think that this, it's a really hard thing to define the difference between an enhancer and a win more card Mm. Um, basically it is up to you to make the justification and the argument in your deck specifically Um, but I think there's probably like some questions we can ask ourselves to like help us define or help us determine if a card we're looking at is a win more card I think I'm, I'm totally with you for me I think the two questions would be what does the card require in order for it to work as intended Sure, like what kind of board state, what yeah. kind of conditions. Yeah. And then basically, and this is where it's going to differentiate it from an enhancer. If those requirements are met, are you already winning? So uh, that's what's going to be the difference. Because sure. if, if, we, if we say apply these two questions to like your unwinding clock, right? Yeah. What does the card require in order for it to work as intended? You have to have a board full of artifacts that you want to untap. You want to sink some mana into or do something weird. Yeah, and activate multiple times in a turn cycle, yeah. sure. If you have that board state, so if those requirements are met, so you have those artifacts, you have all that stuff ready to go, are you already winning? 
No, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, because you might be, but you also might be at a state where you're getting there, but you need that little bit to get you over the line. But if we were to apply this to say that curse that we we're talking about earlier, what kind of board state do you need? Well, you need creatures that are unblocked and dealing combat damage to your opponent. Yeah. And if those requirements are met, are you already winning? Yes. yes. If you're beating someone's face for like multiple turns in a row. And they're not blocking them, you either. You're winning that game. Yeah, like let's say you've got a flyer and they don't have a flying block. Yeah. You're in the lead. They've got a clock basically yeah. on their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I, I guess that's probably a good example. We talked about a couple of commander cards there, but definitely an understanding of what win more is and how it pertains to 60 card formats. Let's talk about some win more cards in commander. Because they, they exist. They For do, sure they exist. They do exist. I, I have linked an article in the show notes of this episode by um, Chase from Monikers. Yep. They wrote a really, really sweet... Oh, not Chase from Monikers. Chase. AKA Monikers. <laughs> um, they wrote a really sweet article for Star City Games on win more cards in Commander. And their argument was basically that there's not really such obvious win more cards in Commander because all of our decks are so different. They said there are probably cards in specific decks that are win more in that deck. Right. So, I get like, what you're saying. an example of one of the cards they spoke about was Nyx Bloom Ancient, actually. So, this is the, the seven mana creature that says if you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. So, there are times where yeah. this, this card will be that nitrous oxide, right? The enhancer that'll get you over the line. I mean, it, in this term, it's giving you literally more fuel. It's yeah, like, it, this true. is quite on the nose. It's giving you three times as much fuel to use. Yeah. It's quite on the nose. Yeah, 100%. But, but I guess the, the question I would ask of this card, and whether it's a win more card in your deck, is what are you using that extra mana for? So, like, if you yeah. you know, you've got a, a spells deck, an X spells deck. Yeah, big Hydra, Hydra deck. Yeah. Hydra deck, right? Nick's Blue Mansion in this deck I don't know if you're playing it or not but I don't unfortunately it's a little bit it's very expensive yeah yeah. but in that deck this would be an enhancer I would say because you're just going to have more mana to sink into X spells you're going to get more benefit from them make bigger hydras like that's a really good outlet for that mana right I also run Helix Pinnacle in that deck that's sick wing con there you go that's going to get you to that wing con faster but if you're just like a regular you know let's say you're a landfall deck you know, mm. you're just like trying to get a bunch of lands into play, trying to ramp a bit. Nyx Bloom Ancient, yes, it'll give you more mana, but what are you going to use the extra mana for? Yeah. Things you probably already were going to be winning with. Well, right? let's say as well, like, let's say you've got like eight lands, right, on the mm. battlefield. And in your hand, you've got a six drop and a four drop. If you're casting that six drop in your landfall deck, that six drop is probably like a rampaging Baylor. Oh, yeah. For example, that six drop is only going to be enhanced by having more lands hit the battlefield, mm. not by having more mana available to yeah. you. Yeah. So casting that extra four drop doesn't really do anything in that situation. If you're casting that six drop and have a fetch land or maybe have like a cultivate or wayfarer's bubble on field or something mm. like that to get a landfall trigger, Nick's Boy Mansion isn't helping you get it, it's giving you a little bit of extra mana to do it but like mm. you're gonna have so much wasted mana yeah i think the explanation is a great example because like you think about it in your deck how often do you have if you're running it how often are you in situations where you have so much extra mana that you're doing nothing with yeah if you're in that situation with this kind of card because there are other cards like this there's mana reflection mm. there's a bunch of different cards that give you tons of mana yeah these cards are really win more if in your deck, you find yourself going, okay, well, I guess I'll lose all that mana when I go to combat, uh, yeah. and then I'll go to swing, and like you're like, okay, well, in my X deck, in my X tribal, like mm. X typal deck, if I cast a huge X spell, I'm using all of that mana. Yeah. There's no reason I shouldn't oh, use all that mana. If you have like a pull from tomorrow in your hand, you're not going to draw less cards. I'm going to draw <laughs> 80 cards. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. He will <laughs> draw more cards than he has in his library. Do I have a laboratory maniac yeah. in the deck? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I just want the cards. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, that's, I think, an example of in a particular kind of deck, Nyx Bloom Ancient is Winmore. Mm. Um, in a very, very different kind of a deck, honestly, I think a card like Thousand Year Storm. Yeah, this is a card that I'm a huge fan of because it fits I, we just did an episode recently where we built a spell slinger archetype oh yeah and I right lo- in a deck like that love spell slinger archetypes but thousand year storm in like an average deck for context it's four blue and a red it's an enchantment whenever you cast your first whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell copy it for each other instant or sorcery spell you've cast this turn you can choose new copies so it's storm for only instants and sorceries and it only counts instants and sorceries as the backdated cast. Yeah. 
It's a bit of a weird card. It's a bit of a weird card. The thing is, like, there are times where this will be the thing that gets you over the line. But the question you have to ask yourself, again, like those two questions before, if you reach the requirements for this card for it to work as intended, so for Thousand Year Storm, what would that be? Probably uh, uh, loads of mana and a handful of really good spells. The ability to cast multiple instants and sorceries on your turn would yeah. be the conditions that this card wants. And that you'd want to copy as well, yeah. probably, right? Like, they want yeah. to be spells that are worth having lots of copies of. Yeah. Maybe you want to even have Magecraft trigger or a or some sort of, like, whenever you cast instant or yeah. sorcery, deal a damage kind Prowess of thing. Prowess creatures on Prowess the Prowess might do yeah. it. You want to have that kind of a board state. So at the time that you have that board state, are you already winning? I would argue most of the time with a thousand year storm on the battlefield, yeah, you probably already had that game in the bag. Mm. If you have like 15 mana and a handful of really, really good spells and something that triggers whenever you cast a spell, you've probably already won anyway. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. It's I think this is the tricky thing to like define of... It, it does go in that strategy because it's saying, I want to copy big spells. I want to copy mm. multiple instants and sorceries. So in a spell slinger deck, you're like, of course I put this in the deck. But yeah, I think that first question of think about what it means to have this on the battlefield. Mm. What do you need for it to be good? Yeah. And if you're already doing it, you're probably already winning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah straight up. I would also like to call out an entire card type. Um, as being win more. <laughs> if you touch artifacts. I'm you? not touching artifacts. <laughs> that would be very silly of me. They'd, they'd, they'd hang me in the comments for that, for sure. But um, Planeswalkers. In, pl in Commander? In Commander. For sure. I think, more. like, just in general, there are obviously exceptions. There's some absolutely busted Planeswalkers yep. in Commander. Um, to Fairy Master of Time, for instance, that just, like, upticks, does things every single turn. Yep. It's crazy good. But there are so many, and I actually, for this episode, went on EDH Rec and looked at the most played uh, Planeswalkers in Commander, according to EDH Rec. Interesting. Uh, and there were some cards here, and I was like, surely no one's playing this. And then it's like, nope, in 20% of the, the decks that could have this card in them... Sometimes. 20%? Sometimes, well, so EDH Rec looks at how many of the decks it's legal in. So and both available. of these are quite color restrictive. So yeah. it's like, it's not like they're saying in 20% of all commander decks, it's like 20% of, in this case, teamer, you know, green, blue, red commander decks. Yeah. They're playing this. That's still too high for this first card, by the sure. way. So the first card here is Sarkhan Unbroken. So it's a Planeswalker Sarkhan. It's two green, blue, red. Yep. He enters with four loyalty. You can uptick him by one to draw a card, then add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Wow, a five mana ramp spell. Yeah. Cool. That draws you one card. Uh, you can downtick by two to put a 4-4 four, four red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Mm. Five mana for a 4-4 four, four flyer is okay. Uh, or you can pay eight mana and search your library for any number of dragon creature cards and put them onto the battlefield. Not eight mana, eight Loyalty. Eight loyalty. Search so for any number of dragons, put them on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Okay, so that that ultimate sounds It's incredible. really good. Like, if you can ultimate that, that is going to win you the game. Yeah, for sure. Deck. But the issue is, are you going to ultimate it? And this is the big thing I have with Planeswalkers. It's like, so many people will be like, if I ultimate this Planeswalker, I'm going to win. And it's like, cool. If you have the capacity to ultimate a Planeswalker, you've already won. That means, essentially, <laughs> you've got a board state that can defend that Planeswalker comfortably. Yeah. And you have five turns. Yeah. Because what's Sarkhan? It comes Sarkhan in comes four. in with four loyalty. You need eight. So, so you, you need up four turns, four times. essentially. Five. Five turns, because you do it up on the fifth turn. four times and then do the fifth turn, yeah. So, okay, you're basically saying, I win the game in five turns with these blockers. Maybe yeah. you should swing with yeah. those blockers. <laughs> I think you'd probably kill people with those dragons you've already got. Yeah, you, you're playing a dragon's deck. Yes. You have, like, the most capacity to get through to people on, of anyone you've ever seen in your life. Yikes. Yeah, so this, I think, is, like, a classic win more card. Again, yeah. like, you, we just described. If you have the capacity to defend a Planeswalker, this particular Planeswalker, for five turns in order to ultimate it... And you have five turns, by the way, in which you're not losing the game because someone's popping off in some capacity. Yeah, you're winning. You've yeah, already that won. that is a win more card. <laughs> I think that, like, we refer to Planeswalkers in specific ways as well when we talk about deck building capacity. Mm. We've referred to Planeswalkers as sorceries before. Yeah. Because in Commander, you've got three opponents, which... By the way, if you play a Planeswalker, they're a powerful card type. They're rare for a very good reason. Mm. The, the effects that they can have on a game are very strong. But when you have three opponents that realize you have a Planeswalker that can do powerful things, mm. they're going to kill it. They're yeah. going to swing at it and get rid of it. So, 
when you think about putting a Planeswalker in your deck, think about it as a sorcery spell and either, well, whatever ability it can activate the turn it comes in. Mm. Think so about not the it, ultimate, the uptick or the downtick usually. Yeah. yeah, think about that as the absolute ceiling as good as it's going to get. Yeah, and would you put that in your deck if it was a sorcery that said that? So like we talked about, um, I think Garrick Primal Hunter or Garrick yes. Wild Hunter or something is called. And that does like a life's legacy Yeah, it's like type. a five mana Planeswalker. You can either downtick to make a 3-3 three, three worm I think so five mm. so that's okay or you can up oh sorry you can uptick to make a worm downtick and he kills him so yeah. removes all the loyalty from him draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control or something like that that's not a bad sorcery spell if your deck is all about big creatures no I, I play this in my Mowu deck yep. because like half the time Mowu is at least 10 power sometimes like 15 or 20 yep. five mana sorcery that says draw 20 cards that's great that's in that deck that's really really good but yeah I would I never think about the possibility of being like oh I might make three worms and then downtick it's like no, no it's not gonna happen it's, it's a sorcery spell yeah I can't even remember what his ultimate is I don't think I've ever Maybe used. he doesn't have an ultimate. Maybe it's just that No, downtick. I think there is a downtick of seven on that card. Oh, right. I'll, I'll have I've to never done it. it. So I'll say that. Yeah, maybe in the Thrifty Interlude, we'll have a look and we'll <laughs> see if it's any good. Look it up, yeah. Um, I have another Planeswalker here that's also, sure. I think... Don't play it. It's it's win more. Um, Tamiyo Field Researcher. This is the Bant one. So one green, white, blue for a Planeswalker Tamiyo. Enters with four loyalty. You can uptick by one. Choose up to two target creatures until your next turn. Whenever whenever either of those creatures deals combat damage, you draw a card. It's not terrible. You, but you might draw two cards for five mana. Might, by the way. Yeah. Not sure about that one. Interesting. Uh, downtick by two loyalty. Tap up to two target non-land permanents. They don't untap during their controller's next untap step. This seems pretty bad for five mana. Yeah, especially in Commander. I will say, like, in 1v1 formats, tapping something down for a turn can be really strong. Especially on a Planeswalker, because you can yeah. tap their attackers, right? And, and keep then they can't them attack down. You. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is really good in 1v1. But again, Commander, you have three opponents. Yeah. They're all going to want to get rid of this Planeswalker. Walker. Yeah. What's the ultimate here? The ultimate is draw three cards. You get an emblem with you may cast non-land cards from your hand without paying their mana costs. You'd have to downtick by seven loyalty. So in this case, starts with four. You have to uptick one, two, three times, then downtick. That's four turns. You would need mm. to have Tamio around, and you do admittedly get Omniscience, the card. Look, I, I see the appeal of this card in Planeswalker decks that have, like, Doubling Season or Deep Glow Skate. That makes a lot, because right? it comes in with comes eight, in and with, then you then can downtick it. With, yeah, that so you get sense. the ultimate straight away. Yeah. That seems gas, but this should not be in, like, 15 to 20% of the decks that it's legal in. Was this really 15 to 20%? Something like that. It was far higher than it should be, is all I remember. That is an insane high, because, like, it, I'm thinking, like, it, as the uptick, right, if you're mm. upticking to get a card draw trigger because you've got unblockable creatures. Yeah. If you're playing with unblockable creatures, put those creatures to better use. Run a, like a fallen shinobi that can be ninjutsued in. Yeah. And cast spells for free anyway. That's doing what Tamiyo does, but way quicker. Like yeah. Or, or even play like, um, Kiora's, what's it called? Kiora's, um... Trident? Biden? Biden of Biden of Thassa. That makes, Thassa, yeah, that's really you know, interesting. That, that's a permanent that sits on the battlefield and says whenever you deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. There's also millions of these effects as well. There's Reconnaissance Mission. Yeah, Reconnaissance, the original card as well. Yeah. There's like a couple more that I'm not thinking of at the top of my head. Mm. But there's a lot of versions of that effect that do it every time you deal combat damage. All right, I see what you're saying about Planeswalkers. They yeah. are, without a shadow of a doubt, win more cards. Yeah. Because like you're saying to yourself... If I get this incredible board state and I get that ultimate, I'll win. Mm. If you have that, you're winning. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Straight up. Um, now, I'm interested. Do you mm. think me and you are guilty of playing win more cards? Yes. I, I don't. So. I don't need to... Uh, look, we're not claiming to be the best commander deck builders on the interwebs. No. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think also the other thing is win more cards generally are cards that we really like. Because they have this like really weird effect or they do something we really like to do mm. and we just want to see it happen in a game. Yeah. And like from like a personal standpoint when you're building a deck, you're like, oh, I really want to see this happen yeah, or like something yeah. like that. But yeah, we're guilty of this. I think so. I, I'd like to call out a couple of yours. If I may. Oh, I had some examples in my own brain. Okay. If you want to call me out, what's a, what's a win more cut? Go on, Walt. Tell um, me tell me what I'm doing in I, my deck I mean, that you think is win more. This first one I know you're going to cut, I think, because you realize it doesn't work at instant speed. Wizard Spellbook in your Tornos deck. Yeah, I tried to activate this at instant speed like a couple of yeah, weeks ago. And, and I was like, like sorry, as a James, sorcery. <laughs> it's made it so much worse. Yeah. Wizard Spellbook is like a really ridiculously high artifact. It's like... 
five blue and a blue. Yeah. And it has this really bizarre ability where you tap and exile an instant or sorcery card from a graveyard and then you roll a d20. Mm-hmm. And the d20 result means that I think it's like one to nine, you can copy you copy the card and then you can cast the copy, but you still have to pay its cost. Yeah, so you're basically just flashing it back at that point. Yeah, yeah. and then 10 to 19, because I know 20 is casting it for free. Yeah. And 10 to 19 is like you can cast it, but instead you pay one generic mana to cast Which it. Which is pretty good. It's pretty amazing. So, but like in this situation, if I've got the turn, and like if we think back to the questions we were asking ourselves earlier, mm. if I've got seven mana on my turn yeah. to play this sorcery speed flashback a thing possibly for free (laughs) i should be using that mana for something else (laughs) and also considering you can only activate it at sorcery speed has made this card so less appealing in my mind Mm. because i used to think of it as like oh this would be great if someone has a counter spell in their graveyard or a removal spell in their graveyard it would be a really cool response right yes and i think it would be totally fair you'd have to leave the mana up to cast the spell because you don't know for sure you're going to get it for free yeah well you've got a one in three chance of like you've got a one in, well no you've got a one in 20 chance of casting it for free yeah a like maybe t- Roughly 50 percent chance yeah. of casting it for one but then 50 50 chance of casting it for its full price yeah but like if you just had the mana up anyway yeah. you know like in your tornos deck for instance you often do just like leave your mana open because you've got a bunch of mana outlets and things you can activate at instant speed yeah yeah this would be really good but the fact that it's sorcery speed yeah it's it's a classic example of like yeah, in order for all these things to be happening where it becomes really, really good, you're yeah. already winning, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's definitely... I did some upgrades to my Tornos deck recently, and I'm now struggling to remember if I've already taken it out or if I kept it in because I just want to see it work once. <laughs> <laughs> just one time? Just one time. I want yeah. someone to have, like, I don't know, like... Rise a, of the Dark Realm Yeah, something, something stupid in yeah. their graveyard that I can be like, well, bam, I'm I cast this for that. free. Yeah, would be good. When you were saying about in our decks, I actually have one card that comes to mind because it's a deck i'm looking at reconstructing pretty okay. heavily soon which is my filaf deck yeah um it's a card called leisure the tangle it's okay. six green green for an eight eight elemental with trample okay eight mana eight eight yeah with trample as well it's pretty good the artwork is also goofy as hell on it it's got this like weird oh that is like, fun like it kind of looks like he's wearing a ghillie suit it looks like, like a man <laughs> yeah it does look like a man plant it's bizarre <laughs> man um but whenever leisure the tangle deals combat damage to a player this is the weird bit. You can choose any number of target lands you control and put an awakening counter on each of those lands. Those lands are 8-8 eight, eight elemental creature tokens for as long as they have an awakening counter. Now, I loved <laughs> the idea of having an army of lands because I've got a couple of different cards that turn my lands into creatures. Mm. Like um, Sylvan Awakening, for example, turns yeah. them all into 2-2s two till end of turn. Yeah. I just love the idea of having a huge board of lands and Mm. swinging killing people with lands I love that idea this card was one of the ways to make them huge Mm. on a single turn but I personally believe if I've got 8 mana to cast an 8-8 with trample and get that card to hit someone on my turn I should be winning in other ways. Yeah, yeah. You have to get an 8-8 trampler through to somebody. So at that point, you probably have the best board state, right? Yeah. Like, like strong chance you're in the lead already. And then, yeah, I, we were talking about before, before we hit record, actually, that this card is like, when you... Um, if someone oh, casts a board wipe, you just screwed. like lose your lands. Yeah, well. well, this is the thing. When you do deal down... And I've done it before where I've dealt damage with Leech of the Tangle and going, mm. right... I can now choose any number of lands to become creatures. Yep. What's the chance that someone has like a doomsday in hand <laughs> or like a destroy all creatures? Or yeah. yeah, I'm really walking the line here. Yeah, it's a risky one for sure. All right, well, what do you think is a win more card in one of your decks? Because I know you're incredibly like very critical of cards when you're building decks. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very quick to take cards out. And yeah. honestly, this is one that I've only just put in, and I'm already like maybe I should take it out. <laughs> so there you go. Already um, critical. So it's in my Bant Enchantments deck, which I call mm-hmm. Bant Chantmance. Bant Chantmance. Bant Chantmance. Um, it's Heavenly Blade Master. For five and a white, you get a three six with flying and double strike. Sure. When it enters the battlefield, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to it. 
and other creatures you control get plus one plus one for each aura and equipment attached to Heavenly Blade Master. Oh so my god, what a ups- lightning bolt for removal oh, as yeah. well. Like- the, the upside is so high, right? Yeah. Like you you if you have like, you know, ten auras or whatever. Like she, across a couple of creatures. Yeah, across a couple of creatures, she ETBs, you put them all on Heavenly Blade Master. Creatures you control get plus ten plus ten. And she's a flying double strike creature. So like if she's just got twenty power. She's probably just going to kill someone, right? Like swing 20-20 in double strike. Gone. Yeah, gone. But the problem is, and this is like the classic, yeah, the questions we run through before. What do you need in order for this to work? You need to have a bunch of auras already on creatures, but also you don't want to give, you want like surplus because you don't want to give all your auras to Heavenly Blade Master. It's too risky, right? No, because that's, again, like I said, lightning bolt for removal. Yeah. She gets removed. You've now made your board state worse. Yeah, straight up. So you basically want to have, like, I don't know, 15 auras. So you can put, like, 5 on her and leave 10 everywhere else. In your aura-based enchantment list where that's the board state that you need to win the game. Yeah. You're already winning. You're already winning. And also, like, how big are those creatures if you have 10 auras on them already? You know what I mean? Like, probably you probably huge. got a 30-30 a on, the, on the field. Citizen's Champion Trample. is, like, 100-100 yeah, by now. Like exactly. So, yeah, the, 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 my experience with this card is, like, by the time it's good, I'm already winning. So, it's win more. I think I think we've covered what a win more card is pretty effectively in this so. first half. But, um... Should we take a thrifty interlude? Let's take a thrifty interlude. Let's do it. So we've got lots of to cover, obviously, including what we're going to put in our decks to avoid those win mores. So what we can substitute for those win more cards. But before that, let's hear a little something about a thrifty card. So as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, the card is brought to life in monologue form from the perspective of someone who knows about this idea. Who knows about this idea? Yeah, so it's this... not the not the cowed merchant that we're used to selling us the cowed. No, and it's also not someone in the art, which I've done a couple of times right. recently. This is someone who's aware of what the card describes. It'll make more sense when you hear what the card is. Interesting. Um, do you want to hear? Do you want to read the card that will be featuring this? I week? sure do. I actually recently uh, just traded this card to my partner because they're uh, building a Golgari deck, and uh, it's definitely it's... outside of their colors. And I believe that this card goes in nearly every Golgari it's deck. It's so good. So Brilliant. Good. It's Binding of the Old Gods. For two black and a green, you'll get an enchantment saga. And for those that don't know, it, when a saga enters the battlefield and after your draw step, you add a lore counter to it. And each lore counter has a chapter that describes an effect. And then for this one, it has three. So when it, once it gets the third lore counter, you sacrifice it. So the first chapter is Destroy Target Non-Land Permanent Opponent Controls. Second chapter, search your library for a forest card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Chapter three, creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. That's not what the old gods were for, young Gromit. Don't they teach you anything in those newfangled institutions? Institutions, that's what they always call themselves these days. What was so wrong with being called a school? In China, they've all got numbers. That would be much simpler. Oh yes, the old gods. No, these gods weren't so clean and sanitary and white, all painted up on the walls of the chapel in little ballerina poses with roses in their hair and pouting little puckered lips. Our old gods were filthy and angry and fond of a little hanky-panky like the rest of us, till they sealed them all up and tucked them away. They're still with us, you know, in the dark of the night when you're fast asleep. You can see them in the pits of darkness behind the pub and the silence of a bat taking flight. But most of all, you can see them in your nightmares. I see them every day, at the corner of my eyes. I'll join them someday soon. I'll be lying in my bed, in the silence and the black of night, and they'll creep up close to me. I won't hear a fin. Right when I'm not ready for them, they'll reach out and grab me and make me piss my bed. Hey! Don't you walk away from me! I'm telling you, that's how the bed gets all wet! Get budgeted! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm understanding uh, what you mean here. This is someone that underwear- is aware of the binding of the old gods. Yes, the- as a concept. Yes. <laughs> in that it's his excuse for pissing himself. Because, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not his uh, uncontrollable bladder. 
the old gods that are scary. Yeah, it's him. his yep. fault. Nah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, you can catch these uh, text posts as they're written every Thursday on our Discord server in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. Uh, the Discord server is linked in the show notes. And you can see us bring some of these to life in video form over on TikTok at get commanded so follow us on there to see those as they come out yeah and while we were in that thrifty interlude i did actually look up garuk primal hunger to find out oh, what cool. his ultimate was mm-hmm. um so yeah we were pretty close he upticks to create a 3-3 beast creature token which you said worm ah. um but it is a beast but weirdly that you remembered the worm because his down tick of six is create a 6-6 green worm creature for each land you control right so, so I that's see the one you never activate, really. Like it, yeah, you're, you're never, never going to get there. That. But the downtick of three, I think, which compl- which kills him on the spot, yes. is the draw cards you've got the greatest power among non-creatures, yep. non-human creatures you control. Exactly right. Um, which is worth it as a sorcery. 100%. Like there are sorceries that do that, and they're fine. <laughs> and they're really good, actually. Yeah, they're really good. Um, so we should get back to these win more cards. So... I, well, specifically, we're moving away from win more cards, mm. actually, and moving into the cards that will actually help us to win more. <laughs> and I realise how much of a paradox that is. Yeah, that's a bit of an oxymoron. Yes. But the Space Commanders did say we should remove win more cards mm. and replace them with, like, better effects yeah. or more synergistic pieces. Yeah. So, um, the first example of a card that I think, like, in terms of going, like, like for like, when you substitute a win more card out of your deck... It is going to be enhancers, like we spoke about earlier in the episode. So as we said, they can catapult you into the lead if you have a little bit of a setup, but they don't require that we're already in the winning position before they work. I think we should probably go through maybe like some archetypes of decks and see what like an enhancer in each archetype would be to like counteract a card that you've identified. Now that you can identify a win more card Mm. and you're going, right, I'm going to take this out. What's the card that I should replace? Yeah. Um, so I think a good example of an enhancer is like proliferate effects in oh, decks yeah. that care about it. So your your charge counters deck is a good example of yep. a deck that likes proliferate. My Moru Loyal Companion is a green plus one counters deck. Yeah. So a card like Evolution Sage, this yep. is the landfall um, proliferate basically card. So whenever you play a land, proliferate. Yep. And um, if you're not playing green, you could play Flux Channeler, which is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you proliferate. I love the there weird cycle that those two cards make and then are not continued. And it's also else. like the complete, like you're playing the green one, I'm yeah. playing the blue yeah. one. <laughs> Completely different strategies of decks. But, but if you want to really proliferate good. counters, these are both great enhancers. But there, yeah, these both say that you're going to like speed up the plus one counters or the charge counter thing that you're doing, mm. but it's not a card that does absolutely you know, nothing on its own or... Or, like, if you're already winning, yes. you know, that yes, they'll... they'll these will... They could feel like a win more card if you're already winning, but also, importantly, if you're not winning yet, but you're sort of close, mm. these might get you over the line. Yeah, I think the difference here is, like, a, a an Evolution Sage on a board state that has a couple of creatures with plus one counters on it gets you closer to winning. Yeah. A win more card in a proliferate strategy needs a board state where those creatures already have 10 plus one counters each on them. Yeah, exactly. Do you see what, like, the difference here is, like, helping us get there? Or it comes... You know what it is? A win more card is America in World War Two. <laughs> right when the in. fighting's over, yeah, just they're like... on in. <laughs> That's a really... Oh. For any history nerds, there you go. That, I just probably a contentious one to say as well because some people might be like, actually, America well, like, swooped yeah. in and saved the day. Or yeah, I don't, no, I there don't is know. a lot of arguments. I'm we don't know World about that one. Uh... <laughs> but a lot, I've seen a lot of memes of people yes. being like, America. Yeah, right when right, the right when the fight's over, America rocks up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. For any American listeners, sorry. we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're very far away. We're a full ocean away from yeah. you. You did um, help us during the war. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> All right, um, what are some other archetypes that we should think about? Some so enhancers. In? I think like the quintessential enhancer for me in a like spells deck and specifically a deck that wants to copy spells. Mm-hmm. Um, twinning Staff. Yeah, this sick card. was actually, I think, only printed in the Commander 2020 pre-con. It might have been reprinted now in Commander Legends or something. Possibly. This was in the Calamax pre-con, yeah, right? Yeah, great in a Calamax deck. Super like, if cool. you have that pre-con, leave it in there. <laughs> but I have this in my Wart the Raid Mother deck, because Wart copies spells by conspiring, so you yeah. tap untapped creatures to copy spells. But yeah, basically, if you know you're going to be copying spells already, Twinning Staff just says, if you would copy a spell, 
copy it that many times plus one instead. So yeah, if you have a deck that's built around already copying stuff, certainly if your commander has the ability to copy spells yeah. already, Twinning Staff is just going to say, cool, when I'm doing the thing my deck wants to do already, this is going to enhance that, make it a little bit better. Yeah, but you don't want too many of these effects because no. if you fill your deck with effects that say copy spells more times, copy spells more times, you're going to run out of spells to copy in the first place. Well, and run out of ways to copy the spell as yes, well. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah, I think that Twinning Staff is a great example of this. Um, something that we were talking about a lot, literally just during the Thrifty Insulin when oh, we took yeah. a break there, was tap abilities on creatures mm. and how to make that way better by untapping the creature that has the tap ability. Yeah, so, there's a few different ways to do this. It's my favorite card, Twiddle, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> One mana instant, tap or untap, target artifact, creature or land. we got to get in touch with Wizards of the Coast to make a secret layer of Twitter. That's gotta, <laughs> gotta happen. But yeah, like, so for example, you've got your Arami deck. Mm. Um, I've got a Tornos deck, both of which have commanders with a tap ability. Yeah, you're gonna be using them. And are so much better, like literally twice as good mm. if you can tap it again. So yeah. cards like Patriarch Seal. I is, love this card. It's also like the perfect example because we say it's a ramp spell. Mm. It taps for a mana of any color. It's yep. a three mana ramp spell. Now we usually say don't play a three mana ramp spell that only taps for one mana. Yeah. But this has an extra ability that says pay one and tap Patriarch Seal and untap target legendary creature you control. Yeah. That is enough of a reason to run this three mana rock. It's so good because it will help you no matter what, right? Yes. Like this is the thing about the three mana rock is like it's an inefficient rock, but it's a really efficient untap ability. Yeah. So no matter what, you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, and if you've got a, like a more money to spend, you could get a Manamo School at Water's Edge. Oh yeah. It's a great shout. Uh, Twiddle is a good shout. Yeah. You could also run the Kelpie Guide from Strixhaven. Yeah. It's really, really sick. There's also a one that I haven't seen discussed as an untap ability until someone said this the other day and I was like, wow, I didn't read it like that because it doesn't read like that at all. Sting from Lord, the Lord of the Rings set, the equipment, the sword. Yeah. It's, so it's like a two-man equipment. like a goblin or orc? Yeah, so it's got all this text on it that doesn't matter, which is yeah. why it distracts you. But, but it's like a two-mana artifact. It gives plus one, plus one, and haste, I think. It's not bad. Uh, it equips for one, but also it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, untap in the equipped creature. I have a copy of Sting. Right. It's like, it I looks, it reads so much like it wants to go in an equipment deck. Like yeah. it's giving haste, it's giving a buff, it's making orcs and goblins not block. But people are missing like the middle line of text, which just says at every turn, untap the creature so for you, one mana. And you, it gives it haste too. So like you're, you know, yeah, if, if wow. I've got an Arami deck. If I equip it to Arami, it says... Pay a generic mana, equip it to a Rami. A Rami can tap with haste. Yep. And then move to combat, untap a Rami, do it again. That's so cool. Really cool. Wow. I literally have one of these in my binder, which I ignored because it has so much text <laughs> yeah. on it. And I was like, it's Sting. It's not going to synergize with anything I have. Yeah. It's this so... is for a little halfling. I don't run halfling decks. <laughs> right. It's a bit slept on for sure. Yeah. Um, in a recent deck that I built, my enchantment deck, my band enchantment deck. Already, band enchantment. Already come up in this uh, this episode already. Um, I really like Heliod the Radiant Dawn. This is the Phyrexianized Heliod, yeah. right? This is sick. I think this card is really cool. It's really sweet. It's like, it costs a lot of mana, but the upside's so good. So basically, for two white-white, you're going to get a god yep. that uh, enters the battlefield and it returns a target non-god enchantment creature from your graveyard, enchantment card yep. from your graveyard to your hand. So it gets anything back except a god, which makes sense. It doesn't want to go infinite with itself. Which is actually pretty good because, like, you know, if that's the absolute lowest you're getting it for, you get the best graveyard. Yeah. You get best thing in your graveyard back to hand. Seems pretty good for it's, four mana. It's also an enchantment, so it's going to trigger your enchantress effects of drawing yep. cards, that kind of thing. But importantly, for three and then a Phyrexian blue mana, so you can either pay two life or a blue, you can transform Heliod. On his backside, he's the Phyrexianized one that you're referring to. And he's super cool looking in the art. He's really cool terrifying. art. Really spooky. But he says, um, you may cast spells as though they had flash. Already cool. So it's a Vidalcanori on the back. It is. It also says spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card your opponents have drawn this turn weird weird ability but it basically says at the base that the base the worst that backside of that card could be 
is your spells cost one less because and they have flash and they have flash, which is so sweet. That's but also sweet. the upside is so much higher than that because like how often in a commander game do people draw cards? So much of the time. All the time. So it's like someone could be drawing cards and like drawing three cards, and it's like cool. Everything I ha- in my hand has flash costs three less. This is a great example of an enhancer. Yeah. Also, kind of a ramp piece, but mostly it's the flash thing. It's and- also incredible, specifically in an enchantment list like yours, because enchantments do not work at flash speed. Like no. No, it's very, very rare, rare to, yeah. to get them out and very responsive. Most of the time, if you're playing an enchantment deck, you're doing everything on your turn and hoping your board state stays the same yeah. by your turn. This is a way that your deck can now work at instant speed and mm. keep playing during your opponent's turns. Yeah. I also want to see someone build this as a commander. I, I do know I that think it'd be cool. Jordan, who listens to the podcast and plays in our community, has built this as a kind of trial very low tier cdh list yeah and it was really interesting it didn't quite get to what it wanted to do just because it was so much mana to get to the backside of heliod maybe not quite cdh playable but could be really powerful for very sure. interesting and casual yeah i think it is a classic example of one of those decks that looks like it could be really interesting i'm not this is not a call out of, of jordan this is a call out of decks that i look at and go like maybe i should build that and then you realize how it wants to be built so in this case makes like let's say you cast a windfall everything costs 21 less you're like oh my god what can i do with that and it's like what every other deck that makes things cost generic mana less does eldrazi yeah the answer every single time is just play big eldrazi spells and it's like it's cool but also like crufix decks are eldrazi decks and so uh um what's the rakdos one rakdos lord of riots that's a lot of eldrazi it's an eldrazi deck there's so many decks that like look like they could do something really cool and then it's like nope it's just eldrazi i'm wondering (laughs) whether or not there's like a way to build this is like a big board kind of scenario because there's a mm. lot of like you know like deploy to the front for example you could that just could make a bunch of soldiers that would be a big fun spell maybe yeah. like a big expels heliod that would be pretty azorius expels that could be cool i reckon I this is like possible that. if you yeah. want to build this send us the list yeah. let us know how it goes definitely um so that's obviously one way we can substitute cards that um are feeling that you know, they're, they're feeling win more-ish. Yeah. So we can substitute for enhances. That's going to work a lot. But the other thing that we're going to be able to substitute in is cards that are just win cons. Not win more, win cons. So Yes, the, actually winning us the game once we resolve it. Yeah, so not cards that are pushing us from winning to winning. Cards that are pushing us from, again, almost being there, but just like resolving the spell just says, okay, now I win. Yep. Um, so like, I've been really fond of this card in the few decks I've played in recently as kind of like a pseudo overrun effect. True Conviction. Mm. This is the, the enchantment for three white, white, white. So it sits on the battlefield, which is really cool. Creatures you control have double strike and lifelink. It's very strong. It's so strong. In any sort of go wide deck, it just means you like, don't care about throwing away your creatures. Cause it's like, well, they're going to deal shitloads of damage. Half the time they're not going to be blocked because yeah. they'll first strike damage will kill the blocker. And you're just going to gain like a million life. It's, it's so sweet it's incredible uh, in a, any any go wide deck any kind of overwhelming stampede overrun these are all cards that actually are going to win you and seal you the win mm. once you've got the board state ready a win more card is just going to get you closer to it but like not over the edge of it it's yeah like, yeah or like get you from yeah like you're already winning like let's say you yeah. have true conviction on the battlefield and you have enough power to just kill everyone and then you play like thousand year storm you know yes yeah, it's, like, it's like well you already had us like just stop there you swing know swing your creatures and it's we'll die over. Yeah. yeah but i guess in other like deck archetypes like in a graveyard based strategy mm. like rise of the dark realms is a card that says if i'm milling out all my opponents and i'm milling myself out and i've got like Gary, Grey Merchant of Asphodel in the bin. I'm going to win the game if this spell resolves. Mm. So it's not a win more card. It's a this resolves the game's mind yeah it just reanimates everyone's graveyard right rise of the dark realms yeah every every card in every graveyard becomes yours yeah um it's so easy to reach a a critical mass of this deck even if you're not milling your opponents if you just have like 30 creatures in your bin because you're playing like a mill kind of strategy and one of them's gary and one of them's gary it's like yeah i just win yeah or just like even if you have an aristocrats deck and this is actually i don't play rise of the dark realms but i play command the dread horde oh which is like rise of the dark realms on a budget yeah because it deals a bunch of damage to you instead but it costs less mana so it's like a bit of a off. but yeah. yeah like uh, this so much of the time in my aristocrats deck just having a sack outlet and an aristocrat that says you know when a creature you control dies 
target opponent loses life, you gain a life. If you reanimate your whole board and then sack your board with yeah. the aristocrat. It often just says I yep. win. Yeah. That's pretty good. For sure. Um, I want to shout out a weird, like speaking of sort of overrun effects, sure. but for life gain decks, this deck card was only printed in a pre-con, so it might be hard to pick up, but it's really sweet. Mm. Blossoming Bog Beast. We were looking at this like not too long yeah. ago. This is, I have not seen this card at all it on a table. Played more. And I think it's incredible. It's so cool. So for four and a green, you get a creature. I'm going to forget its stats. It doesn't matter. It's I think a three, it's a three, three. three. Yeah, because yeah, it's effectively a five, five for yeah. five. Because at the beginning of combat in your turn, you gain two life. Then creatures you control get plus X plus X and trample until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you've gained this turn. So at its base, it says... Every one of your combats, creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and gain trample to end a turn. But in any amount of life gained more than that, like if you gain five life in your pre-combat main seven, phase. Plus seven, plus seven, and trample? Wild. This just ends games. This is 100%. insanity. It's, it's so, so strong. I thought as well, is this a, at the beginning of combat trigger? I think it's when you, a beginning of your combat. So it won't make your like blocks really good. No, but I'm thinking if you get multiple combat steps. Oh yeah. I mean that would also do Oh that. my lord, that's so cool. Like <laughs> yeah. Morag, Fury of a Coon. Oh, yeah, and then it would be... gain two life oh, but, oh, plus wow. six plus six. But also the plus, plus one plus oh from a this yeah, is a cool would combo. Stack. That would that's fun. That's very fun. Insanity. Well look, in other archetypes as well, if you got like big spells and you're casting like mm. huge burn spells for your win, if you've listened to our recent spell slinger archetype, yeah. um, even you're going for that big spell win. Crackle with Power is a card mm. that I think is not included in enough decks that can generate a ton of mana. Yeah. This is the XXX red. Um, red. I think, I think it's double red. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because minimum it's five mana yes. for X equaling one. Yeah. But it basically says it deals three times. Five times. Five times? Yeah. See, this card is slept on. It's yeah. ridiculous. Five times X to X different targets. Yes. So the the the, bo the base here is you pay five because you pay one generic yeah. into each of X because you and have to pay the same with all of them. And it will deal five to one target. So that's pretty bad. But if you can stack it up a little bit higher, so if we get up to uh, eight then it's going to be dealing 10 damage to two targets. That's pretty good. But yep. the really, really good spot you want to be at is 11, where you're paying X equal to three, and it's dealing 15 to three targets. Yeah, so, that's killing your opponents. Yeah, if you can copy that spell one time, that's 30 to each of your opponents, that's probably the end of the game. Even at, like, you know, paying X equals two and copying it once is pretty insane. Yeah, deal 10 to two things. Like, if you can do copy that, that's like 20 to one opponent, 10 to the other two, that yeah, might win the game. That might win the game as well. Yeah. I just think, you know, because we could talk about Comet Storm... We've yeah. talked about like, you know, Jai's Immolating Inferno. Yeah. This is another version of that effect that yeah. people aren't playing at the moment. For sure. Um, I would like to shout out actually some of the wind cons and your weird, um, like, uh, Sultai Voltron deck. Oh, you're talking about Ukima and Kazoo. Yeah. yeah. So many weird cards in here, but like mostly they're ones that, well, there's two sort of categories you have here. One is like buffs by a lot because yep. then when Ukima leaves the battlefield, it's going to do a lot. Colossification is pretty hilarious That's in this list. insane. So for those that don't know my Ukima list, it's a very weird commander. It's a whale wolf, firstly. <laughs> Best creature type ever in Magic. So good. Um, when it leaves the battlefield, so doesn't have to die, could be bounced to hand, exiled, mm -hmm. whatever. When it leaves, it deals or target opponent loses X life where X is Ukima's power and, and you, you gain, gain X life. Yeah. So the whole point of the deck is suit Ukima up with a bunch of really powerful swords or something like that and then have it bounced to hand or, or sacrifice. It. It's also unblockable. So if you just Commander deal combat damage. damage to people, like if you just swing a 21, 21 at someone, they can't block it. Someone is dead. Someone's so dead. So if I get Colossification on Ukima, I, because Ukima says it's unblockable already, yeah. as long as it gets back around to my turn and I can swing with it, mm -hmm. I have someone dead. Because it's Colossification gives plus 20, plus 20. And right? Ukima's a 2-2. Two, two, yeah, so, so it's enough. Dead. It's definitely dead. enough. I also really like, I've seen you get this up a couple of times recently. I, again, it works so well because you have an unblockable commander. Yeah. Opal sword. It's this is so the, hard to get off it's color so intensity-wise. It's like, it's a very, very tricky card to win with regardless. I think this is the right deck for it because yeah. Ukima is unblockable, but basically like, has a bunch of text on it. The most important one is you can pay five black, black, black. I think yep. eight mana. Eight mana. Uh, the next time... <laughs> three of which is black in a three color deck. It's, it's actually so... And the equip cost is two black as well. Oh, it's not too generic. It's yeah, two black. That's tough. But then if you pay the eight, I think until end of turn, it, the creature gets, when it deals combat damage to a player... 
they lose the game. It's just player death up. touch, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, they just straight up die. And it's like unblockable again, so it works. They are two cards that are in the deck for those emergency situations where I need to kill a player kind of immediately. Yeah. Um, I have decided to leave them in the in the deck. I just highlight them in Rule Zero conversations that they're kind of instant kill cards. Yeah. But I think shouting these out is totally fair. They're a Voltron strategy that can go in a lot of different Voltron decks, but mm. they're not win more they win the game. Yeah, like, if the game just ends. Yeah, you are using Vorpal Sword to kill a player. It's mm. not like, you know, it's not like I'm saying with Ukima as a 2-2, I've got a board state that's guaranteed killing that player. No way in hell. But if I use Vorpal Sword, that's giving me a board state that can kill a player. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, it's not, it, well, the win more here would be like if you had Colossification and then you Vorpal Sorted, you know, like then yeah. Vorpal Sword would be that, that win more card. But yeah, there are they, they, neither of these cards on their own are a win more card because yeah. they do just on their own with your commander just end the game. Yeah, I think a win more card in my Ukima list would be like, I don't know, like double the amount of plus one counters on a creature. Yeah. That would be a win more card. If For I've sure. already got a, like a critical mass of plus one counters on Ukima, I don't need to double them. No. I can sacrifice it, do something with them or... It's unblockable like yeah, it's gonna get through with anyway it. yeah, yeah for sure um i think if you can't find the right cards to substitute for your win more cards so there's not the right enhancer there's not the right win con card yeah for them i think just play more of the essentials right oh card just draw removal card draw removal cards that work on their own i think that's yeah. that would be the best way to go and i would if i can make an argument here just chuck more card draw in because you'll yeah. find your win con cards more often it's true i think if you're playing win more cards and you've not substituted in win con cards, mm. put more card draw in instead and you'll find your win con more often. I agree. Well, we all love spells that completely take over the game, but these spells aren't always necessary for your victory. In most decks, you'll be better served with a spell that slows down your opponents, rockets you into the lead, or just straight up ends the game. Win more can be tricky to put your finger on in Commander, but mastering this will really take your decks to the next level. So, Space Commanders, Command, command received. received! I like this episode. This is a very typical Get Commanded, hey, build your decks with winning the game in mind. <laughs> Um, <laughs> said it a few times in different ways. Yeah, I think it's it's important, at though. least 10, 15 of our episodes yeah. have been win the game. The space commanders feel strongly about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> um, well, to the listeners out there, do you feel commanded? What do you think of win more cards? And um, I want to hear if there's any that you think you're guilty of playing in your decks. Like, mm. see, if, have a really good look through your list. I reckon you'll be able to find a few that, that are win, con win, uh, win more cards. For sure. And look, like we said at the start of this episode, we actually are wanting to hear from you guys, the space commanders commanders have let us know that there's a Q&A episode command mm. coming up soon. So if you have any questions for us, send them through. And yeah. honestly, like Walt and I are very open to answering questions outside the world of magic yeah. about us, about our hobbies. If you're, if we've, we've planeswalked to uh, Star Wars a bunch of times, yeah. if you want to talk to us about Star Wars, ask us about that. But yeah, you can get in touch with us uh, plenty of different ways. You can send us um, a tweet on Twitter, send us an email, join the Discord is the best place to chat with Walt and I directly and mm -hmm. with other members of our play group, which we talk about on the podcast all the time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and if you have the time, we'd love if you could leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast on. So specifically Spotify or Apple Podcasts are the ones, Google Podcasts. Podcasts. They suck. Um, so if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just go to our <laughs> podcast page and leave us a review. It would really help us out a lot. For sure. And look, if you want to support what Walt and I are doing, which um, after Command Fest just recently, I found out that you guys really would like to see Walt and I making more content or potentially mm. video content. Yeah. If you want to make this happen, you can help Walt and I get to setting up a studio with a camera and all that kind of stuff. By supporting us directly through Patreon. Um, go to patreon.com slash getcommandedpodcast to support us. But we would like to thank our patron Stella Tam. And a very special shout out to Fletcher Cutting for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. You are the best, Fletch. It's true. And we'd also like to say thank you to Palms Off Gaming who sponsored this podcast. They make some really fantastic deck boxes, sleeves, binders, and other gaming accessories that me and James use frequently, yes, actually. Yes, I just replaced uh, my Niv-Mizzet 
Exit deck box that I've had for a very long time with a Genesis deck box from mm. Palms Off Gaming. It's so strong, you can actually stand on the deck box and yeah. it won't break. It's we, wild. We had someone from Palms Off like show us how strong it was and it's yeah. like, it's something else. I've also swapped it into, I've got a, a pink deck box that I've got, um, a special project actually is going to go into that box, which Ooh. I'll be updating everybody on a bit later. But um, yeah, it's a really sweet box to put it all into. So you can check out Palms Off Gaming at palmsoffgaming.com.au. Right. Um, we'd better planeswalk, yeah. I suppose. Get out, out of, of magic into something else. I think it's your turn. Where, it where is. are we planeswalking to? Now, we've planeswalked to the realm of two player video games a couple of times. We have. Because both of us uh, live with our partners mm-hmm. and we're both huge nerds. And we and play a lot of Our partners games. are huge nerds. <laughs> exactly. So we've talked about like a bunch of different games. I found another one, which okay. I'm going to recommend to both you and Electra to play as well. Sure. It's called Unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is the second installment. It's called Unravel 2. I think I've seen this or I've had this recommendation as like a game for couples a lot of time it's I'm so assuming much fun. is teamwork just like really important in the game well it's like it's very on the nose that you have to work as a team because right. your characters are like little balls of yarn basically they're yeah. like little threads oh, and, and they're you're attached, connected right? I think I've seen yeah. a little bit of gameplay of this before it's really fun you have to like there's some puzzles and also huge shout out to the design of this game it is beautiful mm. it is the art on it is just stunning the forests and like it ju- everything looks like you could reach into the screen and touch it everything moves in the background the background's never static it, cool. everything's blowing in the breeze it's just a gorgeous game but the puzzles are so much fun right they're also very achievable which is something that i really <laughs> like about two-player games is when you're working with your partner and both of you are understanding the puzzle at the same rate right because there are some two-player games which you know it causes someone to throw a controller across the room and it's like really dangerous. But yeah, these puzzles are like fun, interactive, pretty simple to solve, but it progresses the story. You're not stuck going, Oh my God, how do we get through this bit? You've got got to think, but if you think about it, you can work it out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I, 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 I've been playing breath of the wild still, and I just um, beat the fourth divine beast. Oh, congratulations. The big camel. Thank you. Um, That's definitely the hardest one as well. Well, and it's because the puzzle is so unintuitive. All the other puzzles, I was like, I could get my head around how they worked. I just the got camel's lost. The one with like the twisting body, yeah. right? Yeah, I and thought that was like, badly designed. Line up the rail mm. to like activate the electricity to make certain things work, but you can't see what's being activated. Anyway, it, I got there, but like it was a slog. So I'm yeah. glad to hear you're playing a game where like it, it the feels like you fun. can do it. Yeah, yeah. and it's cool. also it's it's something to say about like you know, little bite-sized achievements make you feel like you're really good at something. Whereas <laughs> yes. one really big achievement can make you feel like you're terrible yeah, at the video game. for sure. But yeah, we, we've smashed through it. Theo and I are like already on the last level. Oh, um, wow. We're, cool. We've just played like 20 minutes, half an hour every night. Oh, it's a really fun game. I have to pick up a copy on the Switch or something. You can also customize the characters, which I think uh, is super cute. You can like change the color of your yarn and then change the shape of the head. Um, so like Theo's got this like really dark blue demon headed one and Ooh. I've got this like pink like, uh, <laughs> like cute little one running around the duality of yeah, man um, exactly. <laughs> well that's all we have time for so we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders goodbye Commander players